welcome back to Scriptures with Mom and Terry. I'm the mom, Linda Weiniger, and we are reading Doctrine and Covenants sections 98 to 101. And we just got to get into it. The background for this is for section 97 was four days before this revelation was received. Um, and Joseph at this time, Joseph was 900 miles away in Kirtland and had received a letter from Oliver Cowdery, but he didn't know the full, uh, severity of the persecution that was happening at the time. Um, and the mail was not like email and not like text. So it took weeks for them to get stuff. Um, and then this it also included the tarring and feathering of Edward Partridge and Charles Allen, um, as well as the destruction of the church's printing press. Okay, so when Faust was in primary, um, or no, when Faust came home from from church, he said that his chest was hurting, and it was like between his his nipples and his belly button, just like right there in his core. And uh, dad didn't know what could could have caused it. He was thinking maybe some heartburn or something like that. And anyways, um, I had, I had to go to a meeting. And so I didn't even know that he was having this until I got back from my meeting. And so when I got back from my meeting, um, he told me, Faust told me that his chest was hurting right there and I was like that's weird that se- that doesn't seem like a normal spot um and I I thought maybe it's something to do with something he learned at church and I said when did it start hurting and he said at church and I was like okay um maybe we need to take some deep breaths because maybe we you know experience some anxiety at church for some reason and you know um, cause he didn't originally want to, want to go. And so I was like, oh, maybe he just, you know, felt some anxiety of just being there. And so I was telling him to take some deep breaths and maybe that that would help. And then I said, actually, what, um, was it something that they were talking about or like maybe it was a story? Cause sometimes we can feel sad or, you know, something about, what they were teaching us. And he said, Oh yeah. And then he was able to share with us the story of these, um, tarring and feathering that, um, happened to Edward Partridge and Charles Allen. And I guess the teacher had told him this story and he said, yeah, it started hurting when he heard the story and he, and Faust got into detail about like what happened and there was like shooting and stuff like that. And I was like, oh man. And so of course, Faust being the sensitive spirit that he is, he can, he, he's like an empath and he's like really able to feel like what's going on in the story. And so, um, of course, when he heard this story, he would get sick to his stomach and like his core would hurt because like it, it is sad. It is really sad that this happened to the pioneers and the persecution that was going on was so severe. Like it's crazy to think that anybody would go through that ever. And 
it's crazy to even think that anybody would do any of this in real life to other people, right? Um, anyway, and so I thought it was really interesting that Faust had felt like that during church and then um, how he was able to feel that like after and then I asked him afterward I'm like so how do you feel now he's like I'm okay and I think you know he just needed to to tell somebody he just needed he he like held it so that he could share it you know because because sometimes we need to share those things that are hard or that we hear that happen in the news because sometimes the news can talk about certain things that are going on that are so hard and we just get so worried about it you know sometimes we worry too much and that worry can actually make us sick and make us feel hurt and because worrying for other humans is a totally um it's like a an awesome thing to to be able to do like that's what we as um covenant members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we promise during our baptism that we will mourn with those that mourn. And when they're having, when other humans are having a hard time, we get sad for them too. And that is okay. And how Faust is approaching his baptism, he's, he's already um, able to feel that pain that other people feel. And so Anyways, I thought it was really cute that how he did, you know, how he felt. I mean, it's it's not cute, cute, but like, you know, he's cute because he's seven. <laughs> um, but anyway, so it's definitely a skill that that we can all develop a little bit more to be empathetic towards other people's um, situations so that we could, you know, extend that compassion and that mercy and that love. <clears throat> and... Um, yeah, so section 98, um, so although, uh, and I'm reading this from the redheaded hostess, she always had, they always have such good stuff. And it says, although Joseph was not fully aware of the details, the Lord was, this revelation shows that the Lord can guide his people, even when they are not aware of the details because he is. Okay. Um, and then. William W. Phelps um, was also right in the middle of this persecution that was happening in Missouri, and he published an article um, for free black church members to gather to Missouri, um, but then the mob, you know, called a meeting for with the church leaders, and they were given basically 15 minutes to agree to leave Jackson County. And it like, it's so sad how, how much people were so intimidated by, uh, members of the church at that time. I don't, I don't even know why. <laughs> it's not like we wanted to fight anybody, you know? Um, so it's just Satan just stirring people up. And then William W. Phelps, after he suffered a lot of persecution um, in Section 98, he wrote the, the, these words here, um, Now Let Us Rejoice, and from, or from the hymn book that we have now. I can't remember what hymn number it is, but 
anyways, okay, so we're gonna get we're gonna get um, started in reading because I kind of have some long sections here. Okay, Revelation given, so section 98. Revelation given through Joseph Smith, the prophet at Kirtland, Ohio, August 6, 1833. This revelation came in consequence of the persecution upon the saints in Missouri. Increased settlement of church members in Missouri troubled some other settlers who felt threatened by the saints. Num by the saints' numbers, political and economic influence, and cultural religious differences. In July 1833, the mob where a mob destroyed church property, tarred and feathered two church members, and demanded that the saints leave Jackson County. Although some news of the problems in Missouri had no doubt reached the prophet in Kirtland, 900 miles away, the seriousness of the situation could not have been known to him at this date, only by revelation. One to three afflictions of the saints will be for their good. Four to eight, the saints are to befriend the constitutional law of the land. Honest, wise, and good men. Nine to ten, honest, wise, and good men should be supported for secular government. Eleven to fifteen, those who lay down their lives in the Lord cause, Lord's cause will have eternal life. Sixteen to eighteen, renounce war and proclaim peace. Nineteen to twenty-two, the saints in Kirtland are reproved and commanded to repent 23 to 32 the lord reveals his laws governing the persecutions and afflictions imposed on his people 33 to 38 war is justified only when the lord commands it 39 to 48 the saints are to forgive their enemies who if they repent will also escape the lord's vengeance Okay, one, verily I say unto you, my friends, fear not, let your hearts be comforted, yea, rejoice evermore in the, in, and in everything give thanks. Wow. So, this is, like, crazy how they would, st how the Lord would start with this after so much persecution, right? And it's interesting, I like that Redhead Hostess pointed this out, so they, um, so during this time, the saints were going through a super hard time, right? Well, during this last year, um, 2020, our whole world has been engulfed with this pandemic, this coronavirus pandemic. And during the year, there's been a lot of deaths, um, a whole bunch of quarantine and just so much sadness and hard times for a lot of people and job losses and job shortages and just all kinds of stuff and health situations and healthcare workers are working tons and just so much stuff and you can't travel and you can't do the things that we normally want to do. You couldn't even you know, go to eat at a restaurant and stuff. And anyway, just so many things felt like we couldn't, um, we couldn't do. And like so many sad things were happening, um, because friends were dying and family members are dying and just so many hard things. And president Nelson during the middle of this whole crazy in November of 2020, in the middle of like also there was like political division um that saints were experiencing and it was just like crazy you know like on top of the pandemic we had like this political craziness because we were getting like a new president and the election and anyways it's like people want to wear people wear masks people don't wear masks people 
are going to get vaccinated. People don't want to get vaccinated. There's like so many things. And you're either a Democrat or a Republican. And anyways, it's just so much hate and so much stuff. Anyway, so the President Nelson launched the hashtag give thanks campaign. And he said this. Skilled scientists and researchers are laboring diligently to develop and distribute a vaccine against the coronavirus, but there is no medication or operation that can fix the many spiritual woes and maladies that we face. There is, however, a remedy, one that may seem surprising because it flies in the face of our natural intuitions. Nevertheless, its effects have been validated by scientists as well as men and women of faith. I'm referring to the healing power of gratitude. Over my nine and a half decades of life, I have concluded that counting our blessings is far better than recounting our problems. No matter our situation, showing gratitude for our privileges is a fast-acting and long-lasting spiritual prescription. Does gratitude spare us from sorrow, sadness, grief, and pain? No, but it does soothe our feelings. It provides us with a greater perspective on the very purpose and joy of life. Ah, it was like so perfect. I remember I remember such peace came over me when when I was watching the prophet tell us this and we actually had checked the boys out from school for like 10 minutes just so that they could hear the prophet live and it was such a blessing to be able to feel of the peace and confidence that radiated from him to us and the The love that he shared was just just awesome, you know? And it was crazy time. And obviously I can remember those feelings like yes like as if it was yesterday. Because I can't even keep them from coming out of my eyes. <laughs> but um so the Lord basically said the same thing to the saints years ago. And I think that it's so powerful to be able to be grateful in any circumstance of our lives. It's something I struggle with. I know I need to work on being more grateful. Um, and I want to be able to teach our kids to do that. And I'm guessing that the reason why they don't really know how to do that is because I'm not a very good example of it. <laughs> but... um yeah, so, and after the give thanks, after he gave that, um, there was tons of people just flooding Instagram and everything with um, just posts of gratitude, like their family, their health, or whatever, just like tons of gratitude being expressed everywhere, and it was awesome, and I think I mentioned that before. But, um, anyways, it was great. So, now that we're taking up all of our time with just verse (laughs) 1, this is going to be a long, 
long reading. Um, okay. So, but it's okay because we like, we like our time with the Lord. And I love my time um, with you here, even though you're not present. I can feel your presence. Um, okay. Wait, number two, waiting patiently. Oh, man. <laughs> this scripture hits home. Two, okay, waiting patiently on the Lord, for your prayers have entered into the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath and are recorded with this seal and testament. The Lord hath sworn and decreed that they shall be granted. Therefore, he giveth this promise unto you with an immutable covenant that they shall be fulfilled and all things wherewith you have been afflicted shall work together for your good and to my name's glory saith the lord oh man so you all know how long we tried to have another child after faust and we went through a lot of um IUIs and two IVFs and miscarriages after early miscarriages after after those and we just were told by the doctors that he no longer wanted to take our money and that I was not going to be able to have any more kids and that I should look at adopting and things like that and so what's sad is at that time I knew that we were waiting for a little girl and I knew one day I just knew her name was Flora <laughs> and I was like thinking oh that's you know that's why we were trying so hard because we knew she was she was coming we knew that she was supposed to be in our family and it's just so hard to to explain, you know, how you know something like that. But you you just know. When you know, you know. And when the doctor gave us that news, it was, you know, so heartbreaking. And, and you feel so hopeless and helpless, you know, because, you know, people say that it's like when you go through IVF it's like you're playing God but there is absolutely no way you can be playing God <laughs> in fact you just rely on God more <laughs> and um I remember specifically one one day just thinking you know I can't keep being sad because then that sadness is going to um really make me more bitter and then I'm going to take it out on my boys and and it's just giving Satan just something else to to torture me with. And so I I was listening to a conference and the the conference talk that I really love is um from Elder Holland. He said that some blessings come now, some blessings come later, and some blessings don't come until heaven. And I was really wishing that, that one would come later at the time. 
But after be getting that news, I realized I just I just need to wait till heaven. And that floor would be waiting for us there. And so I said goodbye. I really did. I said goodbye. And I I it wasn't that I didn't want to think of her ever again or that I didn't want to try anymore or something like that, but I just had to be at peace knowing that she was going to be with us, but like later, you know? And so I said goodbye. I was, it was so hard because it did feel like giving up, but it was more like giving her to the Lord. Anyway... And then to get pregnant with her. This last year was just such a miracle. And I was like, wait, I thought I said, I I thought I said goodbye. And I thought we were going to wait till heaven. So I thought something for sure was going to go wrong with the pregnancy. But she's here. She's sleeping in her room. And. She's just a little miracle in our lives, and I love her so much, and I'm so glad I got to meet her in person. (laughs) And she's just the most special spirit ever, and the boys love her to death, and it's so cute. And she loves them so much, and I love to watch dad with her he's so sweet and so gentle with her and she's just the best addition to our family anyways um so when we are trying to wait patiently on the lord i know all about that um and it's hard because we do know that the lord is has angel armies and that he can do anything and so it's so hard for us to know that he has that much power and not be able to work that power for our good when we want it but I have found that as we patiently wait, and it's an active waiting, it's not you just don't lay there and watch Netflix all day. But as you patiently wait and do those things that the Lord has asked of us, that it's true that He will consecrate our afflictions for our good. That And if we're grateful, we'll be able to share that miracle with people around us. And they'll know who it was that blessed us. And he promises us that all of our prayers will be answered and will be fulfilled. And that's, that's pretty, pretty amazing. Um, because 
even right now, the Lord can't please anybody, right? <laughs> I think I've said it before. You know, um, if there's a game going on and both sides are praying for their team to win, he can't make everybody happy, you know? And if people are praying, some people pray for rain, some people pray for no rain. Kids outside playing don't want any rain when they're playing. And the farmers, they want the rain. So, you know, it's like he can't make everybody happy. And so I think it's going to be amazing to see how he can uh, fulfill all of these promises that that he says. Um, because his promises, he keeps his promises. He's not like mom and dad, or at least not like mom. I know dad strives really hard to keep his promises, but he's not like mom where, where she can't keep a promise. Like last night I promised Faust. I'm like, okay, we're going to read scriptures right before bed because he's got this goal to read the book of Mormon before his baptism anyway. So we're really behind. And which is sad because I tried really hard with with Finn and it was a lot easier when you only have two kids and one of them's not a baby <laughs> um but anyway so we were so I told Faust I'm like okay we'll we'll read scriptures before bed anyway we sent the boys to bed and then after Faust fell asleep I checked the camera or I remembered to that I said, we need to read scriptures. I was about to go in there, but I checked the camera, but he was already asleep. And I was like, ah, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> so anyways, the Lord, he's not like mom. He keeps his promises. Probably because he plans his days better than I do. So keep that in mind when we are praying for things that he will keep his promises. And I don't know when they will come true but he says that they will be fulfilled and that's awesome okay pause for blowing my nose okay we're back <laughs> oh man this we're just on verse four and we're already into this 26 minutes great <laughs> dad knows that i don't like doing two parts of these um, recordings, and so I have to f- figure out how to do this faster. I better read fast. Um, okay. And now, verily, number four. Now, verily, I say unto you concerning the laws of the land, it is my will that my people should observe to do all things whatsoever I command them. And that law of the land, which is constitutional, aka, you guys know what that means, the Constitution of the United States of America. Um, supporting that principle of freedom in maintaining rights and privileges belongs to all mankind and is justifiable before me. So this is like the Lord giving his stamp of approval, right? And there's a quote. Okay, I promise I'm not going to stop every two seconds. But there's a quote here from Ezra Taft Benson, President Ezra Taft Benson from the Enzyme September 1987 about this verse. And he says, President Woodruff declared that those men who laid the foundation of this American government and signed the Declaration of Independence were the best spirits the God of heaven could find on the face of the earth. 
They were choice spirits and were inspired of the Lord. We honor those men today. We are the grateful beneficiaries of their noble work. But we honor more than those who brought forth the Constitution. We honor the Lord who revealed it. God himself has borne witness to the fact that he is pleased with the final product of the work of these great patriots. In a revelation to the prophet Joseph Smith on August 6, 1833, the Savior admonished, I, the Lord, justify you and your brethren of my church in befriending that law, which is constitutional law of the land. In the Kirtland Temple dedicatory prayer given on 27th March, 1836, the Lord directed the prophet Joseph's Joseph to say, may those principles which were so honorably and nobly defended, namely the constitution of our land, by our fathers be established forever. End quote. Um, pretty awesome, right? Okay. Uh, so number six, therefore I, the Lord, justify you and your brethren of my church in befriending that law, which is the constitutional law of the land. So... So be friends with, with the Constitution uh, and Declaration of Independence. And, and I guess if you're going to be a friend of it, you might, might want to read it. <laughs> okay, number seven. And as pertaining to the law of man, whatsoever is more or less than this cometh of evil. I, the Lord God, make you free. Therefore, ye are free indeed. And the law also maketh you free. Nevertheless, when the wicked rule, the people mourn. Wherefore, honest men and wise men should be sought for diligently, and the good men and wise men ye should observe to uphold. Otherwise, whatsoever is less than these cometh of evil. And I give unto you a commandment, that ye shall forsake all evil and cleave unto all good, that ye shall live by every word which proceedeth forth out of the mouth of God. For he will give unto the faithful line upon line, precept upon precept, and I will try you and prove you herewith. And whoso layeth down his life in my cause for my name's sake shall find it again, even life eternal. Therefore, be not afraid of your enemies, for I have decreed in my heart, saith the Lord, that I will prove you in all things, whether you will abide in my covenant even unto death, that you may be found worthy. For if ye will not abide in my covenant, ye are not worthy of me. Therefore, renounce war and proclaim peace and seek diligently to turn the hearts of the children to their fathers." and the hearts of the fathers to their children and again the hearts of the jews unto the prophets and the prophets unto the jews lest i come and smite the whole earth with a curse and all flesh be consumed before me um let not your hearts be troubled for in my father's house are many mansions and i have prepared a place for you and where my father and i am there ye shall be also <clears throat> okay so um this past sunday we got to listen to some sweet awesome talks and speakers and one of them was Ben Riding he just got back from or Ben Ridding he just got back from his mission um a few months ago and he said that the like his topic that he that he was given was connecting families and he didn't really think anything of it but then he realized that the whole work of his mission was to connect families and the whole work of the lord is to connect families and how and i i really love how he said this he said that 
the Lord, like that we all came down here and to, you know, to live and to, to experience, um, humanity and, uh, go through trials and things like that. And, but none of us are connected back to Christ at all until Christ came and performed the atonement for us. And he's the only one that was pure enough, righteous enough, without blemish, that can return to Heavenly Father because he was perfect, right? But the thing about Christ and what he did for us is that he came down here. So his family came down here, but we can't go back up there without Christ. And so he was able through his atonement to be able to bring his family back with him. And his job is just to get us to bring our family back with us. And I just thought that was so beautiful. And I was like, that's so cool. How it really is just about family and how we just all just want to get back to Heavenly Father. Because that is where we will be whole, you know? This broken, imperfect world that we live in is just here to help us learn. And we get to go back a better version of ourselves. And hopefully we are all bringing ourselves back to Christ and back to Heavenly Father and helping others to come back to them too. So I really like that. And he also said, um, that elder, that president Oaks came and visited his mission and gave a talk and they talked about how, yes, they want every member, a missionary and, but they really just also want every missionary to be a member. And I love that because it's such a good reminder that, you know, and he said that the first convert that you should be worrying about on your mission is you. And the first person that you should be worrying about to get back to Heavenly Father is you. And I think that's so important. Sometimes we forget because we're caught up on trying to help everybody else that we forget that it that we need to come unto him. <laughs> You can't bring people with you if you're not already if you're not on your way there. And so we need to be on our way to Christ already so that we can bring people back or so that we can bring people with us to him. Okay, verse 19. Behold, I the Lord am not well pleased with many who are in the church at Kirtland, for they do not forsake their sins and their wicked wicked ways, their pride of their hearts and their covenant covetousness and all their detestable things and observe the words of wisdom and eternal life which I give which I have given unto them I'm trying to read fast I'm skipping words and letters (laughs) verily I say unto you that I the Lord will chasten them and will do whatsoever I list if they do 
not repent and observe all things whatsoever I have said unto them. And again, I say unto you, if ye observe to do whatsoever I command you, I, the Lord, will turn away all wrath and indignation from you, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Now I speak unto you concerning your families. If men will smite you or your families once, and ye bear it patiently and revile not against them, neither seek revenge, ye shall be rewarded. But if ye bear, bear it not patiently, it shall be accounted unto you as being meted out as a just measure unto you. And again, if your enemy shall smite you with the second time, or smite you the second time, and you revile not against your enemy, and bear it patiently, your reward shall be a hundredfold. And again, if ye and it again if he shall smite you the third time, and ye bear it patiently, your reward shall be doubled unto you fourfold. Wow, these are awesome, right? We're going to get be blessed like tons of times if we can bear patiently. And these three testimonies shall stand against your enemy if he repent not and shall not be blotted out. And now, barely I say unto you, if that enemy shall escape my vengeance, that he be not brought into judgment before me, then ye shall see to it that ye warn him in my name. That he come no more upon you, neither upon your family, even your children's children, unto the third and fourth generations. Fourth generation. And then if he shall come upon you, or your children, or your children's children, unto the third and fourth generation, I have delivered thine enemy into thine hands. That's harsh. And then if thou wilt spare him, thou shalt be rewarded for thy righteousness and also thy children and thy children's children unto the third and fourth generation. That's an awesome blessing. But it would be so hard because you're being persecuted and you really want to get people back and people are dying. and uh. So never the, number 31, nevertheless, thine enemy is in thine hands. And if thou rewardest him according to his works, thou art justified. If he has sought thy life, and thy life is endangered by him. Okay, 31. Nevertheless, thine enemy is in thine hands. And if thou rewardest him according to his works, thou art justified. If he has sought thy life, and thy life is endangered by him, thine enemy is in thine hands, and thou art justified. So, I mean, if they keep persecuting you, you're allowed to finally retaliate, I guess. That's what it's saying. But remember, if we don't, we're going to be blessed like to our fourth generation. Behold, this is the law I gave unto my servant Nephi and thy fathers, Joseph and Jacob and Isaac and Abraham, and all mine ancient prophets and apostles. And again, this is the law that I gave unto mine ancient that they should not go out unto battle against any nation, kindred, tongue, or people, save I, the Lord, commanded them. Okay, we're on 34. And if any nation, tongue, or people should proclaim war against them, they should first lift a standard of peace unto that people, nation, or tongue. And if that people did not accept the offering of peace, neither the second nor the third time, they should bring these testimonies before the Lord. Then I, the Lord, would give unto them a commandment and justify them in going out to battle against that nation, tongue, or people. And I, the Lord, would fight their battles and their children's battles and their children's children's until they had avenged themselves on all their enemies to the third and fourth generation. Behold, this is an ensample unto all people, saith the Lord God. 
for justification before me. Okay, 39. And again, verily I say unto you, if after thine enemy has come up upon thee the first time you repent, he repent and come unto thee praying thy forgiveness, thou shalt forgive him and shall hold him no more as a testimony against thine enemy. And also, and so on, unto the second and third time, and as oft as thine enemy repenteth of the trespasses, of the trespass wherewith he has trespassed against thee, thou shalt forgive him until seventy times seven. And if he trespass against thee and repent not the first time, nevertheless thou shalt forgive him. And if he trespass against thee the second time and repent not, nevertheless thou shalt forgive him. And if he tre trespass against thee the third time and repent not, thou shalt also forgive him. But if he trespass against thee the fourth time, thou shalt not forgive him, but shall bring these testimonies before the Lord. And they shall not be blotted out until he repent and reward thee fourfold in all things wherewith he has trespassed against thee. And if he do this, thou shalt forgive him with all thine heart. And if he do not this, I, the Lord, will avenge thee of thine enemy an hundredfold. And upon his children and upon his children's children and all of them that hate me unto the third and fourth generation. Okay, number 47, but if the children shall repent or the children's children and turn to the Lord their God with all their hearts and with all their might, mind, and strength and restore fourfold for all their trespass, wherewith they have trespassed or wherewith their fathers have trespassed or their father's fathers, then thine indignation shall be turned away. Okay, 48, and vengeance shall no more come upon them, saith the Lord thy God, and their trespasses shall never be brought any more as a testimony before the Lord against them. Amen. Okay, section 99. <gasps> We're in section 99. Can you believe we've read that many sections? Okay, uh, revelation given through Joseph Smith the prophet to John Murdoch, August 29th, 1832 at Hiram, Ohio. For over a year, John Murdoch had been preaching the gospel while his children, motherless after the death of his wife, Julia Clapp, in April 1831, resided with other families in Ohio. John Murdoch is called to proclaim the gospel, and those who receive him receive the Lord and will obtain mercy. 1. Behold, thus saith the Lord unto my servant John Murdoch, Thou art called to go into the eastern countries from house to house, from village to village, and from city to city to proclaim mine everlasting gospel unto the inhabitants thereof in the midst of persecution and wickedness. And who receiveth you receiveth me, and you shall have power to declare my word in the demonstration of my Holy Spirit. And who receiveth you as a little child receiveth my kingdom, and blessed are they, for they shall obtain mercy. And whoso rejecteth you shall be rejected, shall be rejected of my father and his house, and she you shall cleanse your feet in the secret places by the way for a testimony against them. Um, this reminds me of Jake Weiniger, our nephew's uh, recent missionary letter. He's been on the mission field for um, a couple weeks already. And his first letter, well, I guess his second letter, maybe third. He's He was doing home MTC and... Um, but just recently started doing like the letters home, you know, so 
So anyway, he's been in California for a couple weeks now out in the mission field um, there. And he, he was talking about how timing is everything and how he was saying how some of the letters that he got or emails that he got from people and family members were so perfectly timed and timed so well for him because he needed them and it was just like a lifeline for him and I'm so glad that Fausti wanted me to send Jake a letter of um because Jake made or Faust made a little Lego of Jake and it was so cute like it was like him in like a <laughs> in like a chef outfit but it looked like a white shirt and tie you know and but we did get the little Lego Book of Mormon um from like the seagull book or something and anyway so Faust had found that one and so he put him with the Book of Mormon anyway it was so cute and I'm so glad that he was able to get that in a time when he needed it and turns out though that Jake was saying how there were certain things that were perfectly timed for him because um there were also certain places that he went that were so inspired that the people said that they had been waiting for them or that the Lord had sent them just for them. And it was a testimony to Jake, you know, that he is doing the Lord's work and and that he was just, you know, on his mission doing what he's what what he's wanting to do for the Lord. And so um so he was blessed and and those people are blessed because they received Jake into their home and so it was pretty awesome so I love that he was able to share that with us and then let's see so number five says and behold and lo I come quickly to judgment to convince all of their ungodly deeds which they have committed against me as it as it is written of me in the volume of the book And now verily I say unto you that it is not expedient that you should go until your children are provided for and sent up kindly unto the Bishop of Zion. And after a few years, if you desirest of me, thou mayest go up also unto the goodly land to possess thine inheritance. Otherwise thou shalt continue proclaiming my gospel until thou be taken. Amen. I love how how the Lord says to make sure that your children are provided for. And it's so amazing how the Lord, even though he's calling these brethren like on these missions for the purpose of spreading the gospel and, you know, they're all excited and some of them may be less excited than others. And so, but I think it's so important to know that the Lord doesn't want us to serve and neglect our families, but he wants us to serve in a way that benefits our families. And the only way to do that is to organize ourselves. And I feel like this is maybe the message that I'm hearing because I feel like I need to organize myself. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I am trying to extend some compassion and grace and patience with myself because I did just have a baby and it takes a minute to like get yourself back into a routine of things and stuff like that. And so, but I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just trying to, you know, extend myself that grace that I would extend anybody else in this same position. So 
Um, it's just awesome. The Lord wants us to keep our families in order before he requires us to serve outside of our homes, outside of our families, to take care of those that he has uh, purposely placed in our lives um, to then take care of those that are further around us, right? Because our family is our first neighbor. Our first neighbor, right, Flora? Are you my first neighbor? Well, you're probably more like my fourth neighbor. (laughs) Because we'll go in order of when they became in my sphere, right? But but yeah, so um, so I love that message. Okay, number section one hundred. Woo. Okay, three digits. Revelation given to Joseph Smith the prophet and Sidney Rigdon at Pitts- Perrysburg, New York, October twelfth, eighteen thirty-three. The two brethren, having been absent from their families for several days, felt some concern about them. Okay, so that mean that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, if you leave your family for a trip, you usually check back with them, you know, by calling them or doing a FaceTime or something like that. But back then they didn't have that kind of stuff. It's so crazy to me that the world existed back then with none of that and we still survived. (laughs) But this is the Lord telling telling them um, these things while they're away from their families. So... One to four, Joseph and Sydney, to preach the gospel for the salvation of souls. Five to eight, it will be given them in the very hour what they should say. Nine to 12, Sydney is to be a spokesman and Joseph is to be a revelator and mighty in testimony. 13 to 17, the Lord will raise up a pure people and the obedient will be saved. One, verily, verily thus saith the Lord unto you, my friends, Sydney and Joseph. I love how he always addresses everyone as his friends. Your families are well, they are in mine hands, and I will do with them as seemeth me good, for in me there is all power. Therefore, follow me and listen to the counsel which I shall give unto you. Ugh, like, that would make, that would just fill me with so much peace, just knowing that our families are taken care of, right? And just like that phone call when you call home and you see everybody, they're all fine. That is like, the best. That's what I picture this feeling that they got. But even more so because they didn't have that face-to-face connection. They couldn't see that. Um, and I, I love that we could apply this to maybe our kid going to school, right? You could liken this to your kids going off to college. You could liken this and the Lord saying this to you because your kids are maybe not going to church as much as you'd want them to, or not active um, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, you're concerned about their joy and their eternal happiness. And, you know, this could be that same revelation given to a family member or the parents of, you know, So, like, I could picture the Lord saying this about our son being in junior high. Like, it is nerve-wracking for me to think that he is over there getting exposed to who knows what. And and I say who knows what because I don't know. (laughs) 
I mean, I was, I was in middle school, but my middle school was a different middle school and a different time and a different place. And I'm a female. So it was different for me. And he's a boy and it's different for him, you know, but this is what he, this is what the Lord says to all of us. Your families are well. They are in mine hands, and I will do with them as seemeth me good, for in me there is all power. And so the Lord is in control. He's got them, and we don't have to fill our lives with that anxiety that, um, that normally comes. <laughs> we don't have to listen to Satan telling us all these bad things are happening to our children in school. And <laughs> we can have that peace in knowing that, hey, they are in the Lord's hands and they can choose to follow the Lord. They can choose to make those good choices or they can choose not to, but that he is still with them and he knows them. Okay. Behold and love. And this is mostly a reminder to myself because I know I'm going to need this reminder when they go off to college. Huh? Low rise. Huh? She's just giving all kinds of smiles. It's too bad this isn't a video. Huh? Okay, number three. Behold and lo, I have much people in this place in the regions roundabout, round about, and an effectual door shall be opened in the regions roundabout in this eastern land. Effectual, meaning not a pointless door, but a <laughs> but there's going to be a reason. Um. And this door is going to create something. When they open this door, it's going to have an effect. That's what that means. Uh, Therefore, I, the Lord, have suffered you to come unto this place, for thus it was expedient in me for the salvation of souls. Therefore, verily I say unto you, lift up your voices unto this people. Speak the thoughts that I shall put into your hearts, and you shall not be confounded before men. Oh, man, this is so important for us to know when we. Oh, right here, though, number six, for it shall be given you in the very hour, yea, in the very moment, what ye shall say. So it's so hard to trust that that's going to happen. <laughs> right. Um, but so many times I have experienced this where the Lord does actually put the words in my in my mouth to say it. And something that I do to practice this is I share, I try and share my testimony during uh, fast and testimony meetings on Sunday. And I will be honest, I usually forget that it's fast and testimony Sunday. And so I don't practice what I'm going to say, like maybe while I'm doing my makeup, that would be a perfect opportunity. Or maybe... <laughs> like while eating breakfast or maybe even the night before I could practice what I'm going to say. And I never do. I never remember that it is fast Sunday and that I wanted to share my testimony. So, so of course I try this and I, and I share my testimony of Jesus Christ. But then I also like have that hope in my heart that like it will help somebody, you know, because yes, I share my testimony because I want to to practice sharing it in a setting where it is hard for me. And so I want to purposely fight those demons so that I can talk about Jesus Christ and, and prove to those demons that they can't stop me. And so it's more of just, it's more of like 
something that I need to do for Christ, you know, that I share my testimony, but I do have that hope that it helps somebody out there at some point, you know, because I also don't want it to be, you know, for no reason. (laughs) So, um, and I, I like helping people. And so hopefully that that does help somebody. And if it just helps me, then, you know, I guess it's fine too. But I do try and share my testimony to help strengthen other people. Um, and then, uh, let's see. Oh yeah. And this is also specifically applicable to me right now, since I'm trying to start that podcast, that second podcast, or I don't know, I guess you could call it third or fourth, but anyway, um, the other podcast, the warrior woman projects podcast, and it is incredibly hard. It's taking me at least two to three hours a day to prepare a five minute thing. And although I really love that time with the Lord trying to figure out and really hone in what it is I'm going to say, it is intense. Five, five minutes. It's hard to condense things into five minutes. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I'm trying to keep it simple, but I am just a wordy person. So who knows? Maybe it'll just be like a 10-minute podcast. But then you know that what's going to happen is it's just going to continue to get increased. And we'll end up like these podcasts where they're like two-plus hours long. <laughs> Nobody's ever going to subscribe because it's ridiculous. And anyway, so I probably need to trust the Lord more and maybe not prepare as much, but also I love to prepare because if you are prepared, you shall not fear. Uh, so I have that. <laughs> um, but you know, I should, I definitely am excited about the practice that I'm getting because I know that with practice, I will be able to get to that point where I will be able to understand the revelation and be able to do it in a, like, turn around my three-hour thought process into a five-minute thought process and then five-minute video. You know, maybe that will, and just more practice means more progress, right? So I am hoping that that is going to happen. I look forward to that day and I'll let you know when that is. Uh, Number seven, but a commandment I give unto you that ye shall declare whatsoever thing ye declare in my name, in solemnity of heart, in the spirit of meekness, in all things, in all things, especially business. That's what I see in my mind when he says in all things. I'm like, you mean business? Good, because that's the one I like. (laughs) And I give unto you this promise that inasmuch as ye do this, the Holy Ghost shall be, shall be shed forth in bearing record unto all things whatsoever ye shall say. You know, I was just thinking uh, like mission presidents and mission president wives have probably like their um, strengths that they bring to the mission. And I don't know, they might, who knows where we're going to serve, but it's probably going to be somewhere where we need to help a bunch of people with their businesses (laughs) or something. I don't know. I'm excited about it to find out what that's going to be. But I wonder also if it's going to have anything to do with what I love already or if it's just going to be something that 
is going to stretch me in a different area of life. And then I'm going to, and then I'm going to want to start a website for that. Who knows? (laughs) Um, okay. So he, number nine, and it is expedient in me that you, my servant, Sydney should be a spokesman unto this people. Yea, verily, I will ordain you unto this calling, even to be a spokesman unto my servant, Joseph. Okay. So he's being called like Aaron. Remember Aaron was a spokesperson to Moses because Moses, um, didn't think he was good with words. So there you go. Um, I think that's, I think that's awesome. You know, and, and this is sweet how they have like a partner. You know, I usually don't have a partner in biz, but it's not because I don't need one. Okay, let's be honest. (laughs) And usually dad is my partner in any biz I start because I talk to him about everything. And so, but who knows, maybe I need to branch out and get myself an actual like partner that's not dad. And maybe then it will be more successful than what my current business endeavors have been. Um, it's just so hard to coordinate with other people. You know what I mean? Okay. And, uh, number 10, and I will give unto him power to be mighty in testimony. And I will give unto thee power to be mighty in expounding all scriptures that thou mayest be a spokesman unto him. And he shall be a revelator unto thee that thou mayest know the certainty of all things pertaining to the things of my kingdom on the earth. Oh, I love expounding all scriptures. (laughs) That is an awesome gift to have. Therefore, continue your journey and let your hearts rejoice. For behold and lo, I am with you even unto the end. And now I give unto you a word concerning Zion. Zion shall be redeemed, although she is chastened for a little season. (laughs) Yeah, because why? Because of all the contention that everybody was having. Thy brethren, my servants Orson Hyde and, and John Gold, Gould, Gould. Oh, it's like a Halloween name. Are in my hands, and inasmuch as they keep my commandments, they shall be saved. Therefore, let your hearts be comforted, for all things shall work together for good to them that walk uprightly and to the sanctification of the church. For I will rise up unto myself a pure people that will serve me in righteousness. And all that call upon the name of the Lord and keep his commandments shall be saved. Even so, amen. Okay, this scripture number 16 where he says, and I will rise, raise up, raise, rise, I will raise up unto myself a pure people that will serve me in righteousness. You know, like why do we serve the Lord? Do we serve him out of duty, out of obligation, or out of love? You know, do we do it because your mom told you? Because, I mean, that's probably a good reason at the beginning. But then later, we want you to have your own testimony. Because my testimony is a strength to me, right? So I know that your testimony can be a strength to you. My experiences can only help me. And and your experiences can take you to different levels, To can help you progress, can help you overcome things. And so I don't... <clears throat> I don't want you to serve the Lord out of obligation, right? I want you to serve the Lord because you love the Lord and you want to have a relationship with him and that you're excited about that. And yeah, and if, you, if you're if you not there, that's okay too. If you're not there, that's okay too. We can strive for that kind of uh, 
that kind of level of service. And sometimes you'll just, you know, have to be woken up to go do some service that you don't want to do. And maybe hopefully after you feel awesome. And guess what? It's even when you do serve the Lord out of love, it's still hard to do those hard things for people that you love, you know? So, um, okay, we're going to read number 101. Oh, this one's the long one, huh? Yep. There's 101 verses in 101 section. And this section 101 has 101 verses. There you go. There's a fact for you. Okay, uh, revelation given to Joseph Smith, the prophet at Kirtland, Ohio, December 16th and 17th, 1833. At this time, the saints who had gathered in Missouri were suffering great persecution. Mobs had driven them from their homes in Jackson County, and some of the saints had tried to establish themselves in Van Buren, Lafayette, and Ray Counties, but persecution followed them. The main body of the saints was at the time at that time in Clay County, Missouri. Threats of death against individuals of the church were many. The saints in Jackson County had lost household furniture, clothing, livestock, and other personal property, and many of their crops had been destroyed. Oh, isn't that sad? It's just sad how people treat each other. You know what I mean? The saints are chastened and afflicted because of their transgressions. That's one to eight. And then 9 to 15, the Lord's indignation will fall upon the nations, but his people will be gathered and com- comforted. 16 to 21, Zion and her stakes will be established. 22 to 31, the nature of life during the millennium is set forth. 32 to 42, the saints will be blessed and rewarded then. 43 to 62, the parable of the nobleman and the olive trees signifies the troubles and eventual redemption of Zion. 63 to 75, the saints are to continue gathering together. 76 to 80, the Lord established the Constitution of the United States. What's up? 81 to 101, the saints are to importune for the redress of grievances, according to the parable of the woman and the unjust judge. We're going to pause right there, and we're going to feed this miss. Okay, we're back. That was quick for you, a little bit longer for me. Okay, um, here we go. We are reading Doctrine and Covenants section 101. We're starting in verse 1. Verily I say unto you, concerning your brethren, who have been afflicted and persecuted and cast out from the land of their inheritance, I, the Lord, have suffered the affliction to come upon them, wherewith they have been afflicted in consequence of their transgressions. Yet I will own them, and they shall be mine in that day when I shall come to make up my jewels. Therefore, they must needs be chastened and tried, even as Abraham, who was commanded to offer up his only son. For all those who will not endure chastening, but deny me, cannot be sanctified. And isn't that true? If we refuse those things that the Lord sends us, um, we don't grow through them. We are stuck. And we deny ourselves progress. Um, And he can't help us if we don't ask. So number six, behold, I say unto you, there were jarrings and contentions and envyings and strifes and lustful and covetous desires among them. Therefore, by these things, they polluted their inheritances. 
They were slow to hearken unto the voice of the Lord their God. Therefore, the Lord their God is slow to hearken unto their prayers, to answer them in the day of their trouble. Yeah, sometimes we think God's like a genie and we ask Heavenly Father to bless us with things. And then when it doesn't happen right away, we think he's not listening and he's not there. (laughs) And sometimes it might just mean that he's there. We're just asking for the wrong thing. Or maybe because we have like a wall put up that we need to do more knocking and more asking and more seeking. And maybe he's not not answering our prayer, but maybe he's just seeing how dedicated we are to connecting with him because he's not a genie. And we can't just ask him for something as a wish and then have him and expect him to just grant our wish for him or grant our wish to us. Number eight, in the day of their peace, they esteemed highly my counsel, but in the day of their trouble of necessity, they feel after me. So we seek after heavenly father only in our troubled times, but when we're feeling peace and nothing crazy or there's no real struggles in our lives we and we're just like everything's well in zion then we don't even pray or ask him for anything or maybe our prayers are just like the mundane let's check off the list prayer and because you know we put that on our goals list and so we're just saying a prayer because we need to check it off our list and instead of actually having a real relationship with heavenly father and jesus christ um and so of course when the hard time comes, that's when we're like, hey, wh- um, I, I've been praying this whole time. How come you're not answering my prayer? But really, have we been praying that whole time? Like, how hard did we try to have a relationship with him during the, those times when we were feeling at peace? Um, so I know, I've, I know I've done that before where I just don't feel the need to ask for anything or, or have a connection um, because everything's going good. And it's not until something bad happens where I'm like, oh, I need to reach out and ask him to heal me or help me or do something with this because I, because now I need him. (laughs) So number nine, verily I say unto you, notwithstanding their sins, my bowels are filled with compassion towards them. I will not utterly cast them off. And in the day of wrath, I will remember mercy. Oh, man. So this reminds me of that um, example that Brother David Butler shared in the Don't Miss This. He said that sometimes when his kids are doing something that he he asked them not to do, (laughs) then he's like, well, fine, don't. Don't come to me when you're crying and when something bad happens to you because I told you not to. Well, the Lord, he's not like us, right? He's saying, even in your sins, I am filled with compassion towards you. I won't cast you out like your mom because she said, don't be coming back to me if you're going to get sick and you don't wear a sweater. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to help you when you get sick, which is a complete lie because obviously I still help them when they're sick, but, and they refuse to wear their sweater. 
or like when they have cavities because they didn't brush their teeth and they expect us to help them, right? But we still end up actually helping because we'll either pay for their teeth to get help or fixed, even if we make them pay for it a little bit. And it's kind of funny because the Lord is just more compassionate, more merciful than we are. And so when we've done that, we can relate. But then also we have to know that he's going to not cast us away. He's not, he's not even going to say, I told you so. <laughs> he's just going to be like, okay, I'm here to help you, you know, because you, you know, did this and it's fine. We just need to get you through this, right? So I love that. Number 10, I have sworn and the decree hath gone forth by a former commandment, which I have given unto you, that I would let fall the sword of mine indignation in behalf of my people. And even as I have said, it shall come to pass. Mine indignation is soon to be poured out without measure upon all nations. And this will I do when the cup of their iniquity is full. I would not want my cup of iniquity to be full. You know what I mean? I wonder when that has been the case, though. Um, number 12, and in that day, all who are found upon the watchtower, or in other words, all mine Israel shall be saved and they that have been scattered shall be gathered and all they who have mourned shall be comforted and all they who have given their lives for my name shall be crowned. Therefore, let your hearts be comforted concerning Zion for all flesh is in mine hands. Be still and know that I am God. Today, I... He's the Lord is trying to tell us, like, don't worry, don't worry about all these things and that everything is going to be consecrated for our good. Right. And that we need to be still and know that he is God. And sometimes we rush about our day and do everything and we don't think to connect with Christ. We don't think to add that peace that comes when we do connect with him. And instead, we fill ourselves with worry. And today, I was listening to this podcast by Rick Warren. And he's a Christian pastor. And I've shared a lot of quotes from his book, um, Purpose Driven Life. Oh, excuse us. <laughs> anyway, he, today, I, he said something that was so funny. He said, Jesus not once ran there's no examples in the scriptures of Jesus running anywhere. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's so true. And you don't think, like you can't even picture Jesus running, right? That's how crazy that image can be. And he even said like when his best friend was dying, he was only a mile and a half away and it took him three days to get there. And sometimes he has a different plan for our lives than we do. And we can learn and grow and be patient and basically just be still and know that he is God. Oh, okay, we're getting her out. Here we go, miss. She just loves to stand these days. She doesn't want to sit anymore. She just wants to stand. She's going to be running around everywhere, huh? You're a good florist. Okay, so I guess we're just going to be reading like this. Zion, number 17. Zion shall not be moved, 
out of her place, notwithstanding her children are scattered. So I almost see this as sometimes um, we have those stories of, of parents whose children no longer choose to go to church. And this could be a message for them to tell us to just stand in our place and not be moved. Even if our children are not with us, that we can remain steadfast and immovable next to Christ and that he can take care of everything, right? He knows them too. Okay, number 18. They that remain and are pure in heart shall return and come to their inheritances. They and their children will with songs of everlasting joy to build up the waste places of Zion. Let's grab some toys for this. For this, miss. Not done, miss. She's like holding me back. And all these things that the prophets might be fulfilled. <clears throat> and behold, there is none other place appointed than that which I have appointed. Neither shall there be any other place appointed than that which I have appointed for the work of the gathering of my saints. Until the day cometh when there is found no more room for them. And then I have other places with which I appoint unto them, and they shall be called stakes for the curtains or the strength of Zion. Behold, it is my will that all they who call on my name and worship me according to my everlasting gospel should gather together and stand in holy places. Gather together. Did you hear that? So stand in holy places, but gather so more than just yourself, once you are converted, strengthen your brethren, right? And prepare for the revelation which is to come when the veil of the covering of my people, or of my temple, in my tabernacle which hideth the earth shall be taken off and all flesh shall, shall see me together. Oh, that's good. I want to see him together because I always think that I'm going to miss the second coming somehow. <laughs> like... Like he's going to be coming down and he, I'm going to miss it. But this is, this is promising here. And every corruptible thing, both of man or of the beast of the field or of the fowls of the heavens or of the fish of the sea that dwells upon all the face of the earth shall be consumed. And also that of elements shall melt with fervent heat and all things shall become new that my knowledge and glory may dwell upon all the earth. And in that day, the enmity of man and the enmity of beasts, yea, the enmity, enmity of all flesh shall cease from before my face. Because apparently we have a lot of enmity, <laughs> but we don't direct it to the right place, right? Because we are allowed to have enmity towards sin and towards Satan. 27. And in that day, whatsoever any man shall ask, it shall be given unto him. And in that day, Satan shall not have power to tempt any man. And there shall be no sorrow because there is no death. Oh, this is fun. <laughs> fun. This is awesome. It says that Satan shall have no power to tempt any man. This just means like, it's not like he's like, well, maybe Christ will do something to him. But I think it's just going to mean that we're going to be so strong and able to withstand those temptations that it won't actually uh like 
Like, he won't actually be able to get us to do things, even though he can tempt us to do things. Does that make sense? So, but maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. And maybe Satan's just not going to be allowed to tempt people. So that would be amazing as well. Either way, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> In that day, and uh, number 30. Oh, this is awesome. Um, oh, did I already read 29? And there shall be no sorrow because there is no death. In that day, an infant shall not die until he is old, and his life shall be as the age of a tree. Oh, dude, trees are old. So that sounds amazing. Especially anyone who's had a little infant die. They know that this is magic right here with the scriptures that the Lord is promising them. And when he dies, he shall not sleep, that is to say, in the earth, but shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye and shall be caught up and his rest shall be glorious. Yea, verily I say unto you, in that day when the Lord shall come, he shall reveal all things, things which have passed and hidden things which no man knew, things of the earth by which it was made and the purpose and the end thereof. Oh, that's awesome because we have so many people that believe different things of how the earth was made. So it's funny that he's going to talk about that. He, he knows, he must know that that has been a question like, uh, like an old question, like of all time, apparently, you know, it's in the, the scriptures. So that means that that's something that we're all wondering about. And it's true. We really are. And let's see, 34. Things most precious, things that are above. Excuse me. And things that are beneath, things that are in the earth and upon the earth and in heaven. And all they who suffer persecution for my name and endure in faith, though they are called to lay down their lives for my sake, yet shall they partake of all this glory. Okay, so a lot of people back then were laying down their lives. And a lot of people were losing you know, infants and children. And so those were promises that the Lord was making that were providing that peace to the people that, to the pioneers, you know? And I think that these are some awesome promises that they had to hold on to. And, and they're promises that he makes to us as well. And so it's just, it's just awesome to know that that those are the promises that are made to the faithful. Okay, and number 36. Wherefore, fear not even unto death, for in this world your joy is not full, but in me your joy is full. Therefore, care not for the body, neither the life of the body, but care for the soul and for the life of the soul, and seek to face, seek the face of the Lord always, that in patience you may possess your souls, and ye shall have eternal life. When men are called unto mine everlasting gospel and covenant with an everlasting covenant, they are accounted as the salt of the earth and the savor of men. They are called to be the savor of men. Therefore, if that salt of the earth lose its savor, behold, it is thenceforth good for nothing, only to be cast out and trodden under the feet of men. Um, I love this because it talks about all like each person adds something to humankind each person is unique and special and 
everyone is able to contribute to the Lord's kingdom. And we are each like the salt of the earth. Um, and so if we are able to serve and, and basically live our purpose, then we are going to be able to add flavor or add something to someone's life and bring them closer to Christ. And that is going to make all the difference. And that's like what the difference between salt and not adding salt to certain things is it gives, it brings out all the flavor, right? But if, if you're not going to, if you're not going to be in sync with the, with the Lord and the purpose that he has for your life, then you're just going to be cast out and trodden under feet of men. And it's kind of sad if you think of it that way. And 41, behold, here is wisdom concerning the children of Zion, even many, but not all. They were found transgressors, therefore they must needs be chastened. He that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that abaseth himself shall be exalted. And now I will show unto you a parable that you may know my will concerning the redemption of Zion. A certain nobleman had a spot of land, very choice, and he said unto his servants, Go ye unto my vineyard, even upon this very choice piece of land, and plant twelve olive trees, and set watchmen round about them, and build a tower that one man may overlook the land round about to be a watchman upon the tower that mine olive trees may not be broken down when the enemy shall come to spoil and take upon themselves the fruit of my vineyard. Now the servants of the noblemen went and did as their Lord commanded them and planted the olive trees and built a hedge round about them and set watchmen and began to build the tower. And while they were yet laying the foundation thereof, they began to say among themselves, and what need hath my Lord of this tower? And consulted for a long time, saying among themselves, What need hath my Lord of this tower, seeing this is a time of peace? Don't we do that? Sometimes we're like, What? Why do we need to do this? You know? Or why do we need to go here? Or why do we need to do this hard thing when, like, everything's fine? You know? Why do we need to have food storage when nobody's in, like, nobody's struggling? You know? And then we have, like, a pandemic. And then you're like, snap, I should have got all the food that I needed, right? And it's just something that we always struggle with, you know, that if the Lord asks us to do something, you know, we're totally gung-ho at the beginning, you know, the noblemen, like, were totally gung-ho. They were planning this stuff. And then as the Lord was giving them instruction, they were like, wait, what? Oh, that's going to be a lot of work, you know? And they consulted for a long time. That means like they talked amongst themselves. Like they were not asking the Lord questions. They were asking the wrong people questions. They were talking too much about what they needed to do instead of asking the Lord how to do it or why they would need to do it, right? Um, so then in number 49, they say, might not this money be given to the exchangers for there is no need of these things, right? What? We should just not worry about that stuff and maybe give our money to poor people or something because, you know, I don't see us ever having a pandemic or anything like that. So we should just, you know, I mean, I don't even like clutter, so we should just 
give it all to somebody else and it'll be good. It'll help them, right? And while they were at variance one with another, they became very slothful. Well, yeah, because they stopped building. Okay? They didn't, they didn't continue building because they were talking themselves out of it. They let Satan tell them, like, you don't have to do this. This is too hard, right? And they hearkened not unto the commandments of their Lord. And the enemy came by night and broke down the hedge. And the servants of the nobleman arose and were affrighted and fled. And the enemy destroyed their works and broke down the olive trees. Now behold, the nobleman, the Lord of the vineyard, called upon his servants and said unto them, Why? What is this cause of this great evil? Ought ye not to have done even as I had commanded you after ye had planted the vineyard and built the hedge round about and set watchmen upon the walls thereof, built the tower also and set a watchman upon the tower and watched for my vineyard and not have fallen asleep lest the enemy should come upon you? And behold, the watchman upon the tower would, would have seen the enemy while he was yet afar off, and then he could have made ready and kept the enemy from breaking down the hedge thereof, and saved my vineyard from the hands of the destroyer. And the Lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants, Go and gather together the residue of my servants, and take all the strength of mine house, which are my warriors, my young men, and they that are the, of middle age also among all my servants, who are the strength of mine house, save those only whom I have appointed to tarry. And go ye straight away unto the land of my vineyard and redeem my vineyard, for it is mine. I have bought it with my money. Oh, with money. Therefore, get ye straight away unto my land, break down the walls of mine enemies, throw down their tower, and scatter their watchmen. And inasmuch as they gather together against you, avenge me of mine enemies, that by and by I may come with the residue of mine house and possess the land. And the servant said unto the Lord, when shall these things be? And he said unto his servant, When I will, when I will, go ye straight away and do all things whatsoever I commanded you. And this shall be my seal and blessing upon you, a faithful and wise steward in the midst of mine house, a ruler in my kingdom. And his servant went straight away and did all the things whatsoever his Lord commanded him. And after many days, all things were fulfilled. Okay, so honestly, like it would have been easier for the servant to just initially do what the Lord asked him to do, right? Build the watchtower, build the wall, and then stay on the on the tower and then just, you know, tell peeps that stuff's coming when it happens. But they didn't want to. Instead, they were talking and talking about the Lord behind his back and complaining and murmuring and just too much work and everything. And so, oh man, Flora loves this story too. And so then everything got destroyed, right? All the work. And now they had to do even more work to try and get everything back or to try and get a new land or, you know, and it's just like, why didn't we listen, right? Like we could have just listened at the beginning to prepare ourselves. And it's less work than now having to go and reclaim somebody else's land for our own and trying to regrow everything that we worked hard to grow. And, you know, it's just a pain. And the Lord is trying to save us from all of that if we just listen to him the first time. So this story is pretty awesome. 
Um, and then he says, again, verily I say unto you, I will show unto you wisdom in me concerning all the churches inasmuch as they are willing to be guided in the, in a right and proper way for their salvation. So the Lord was telling them that, I mean, the servants were now able, like, we're now willing to just do whatever it takes, right? Because they could see that they made a mistake before and they were like, no, no, now for real, we're going to do this the right way, right? And so now they're going to do what the Lord asks. And so, of course, now they're just doing it because they're scared, right? <laughs> Where as originally, they could have just done it out of love and and dedication and, you know, just wanting to do the right thing. But now they're straight up doing it out of fear because they don't want to get attacked or yelled at. Um, so, yeah. So now we do things out of fear. And hopefully eventually after we've finished going through the fear stage, then maybe we can get to the love stage again. Right? Um, okay. And then 64. That the work of the gathering together of my saints may continue that I may build them up unto my name upon holy places for the time of harvest is come and my word must needs be fulfilled therefore I must gather together my people according to the parable of the wheat and the tares that the wheat may be secured in the garners to possess eternal life and be crowned with celestial glory when I shall come in the kingdom of my father to reward every man according to his work shall be while the tares shall be bound in bundles and their bands made strong, that they may be burned with unquenchable fire. Therefore, a commandment I give unto all the churches, that they shall continue to gather together unto the places which I have appointed. Nevertheless, I have said unto you in a former commandment, let not your gathering be in haste, nor, be, nor by flight, but let all things be prepared before you. <laughs> not in haste again remember how <laughs> the lord has not run anywhere the lord does not run to places um he takes his time and we can too and rick warren also said that let me see if i can quote it because it's pretty good he also said that god is not in a hurry with your growth so it's okay to take time with our growth right? And to gather people is going to take time, but he wants you to actively be doing it. So, you know, you're going to try to gather somebody and you're going to tell them about Jesus, or maybe you're not even going to tell them about Jesus at the beginning because you don't need to. You just need to be their friend. And then eventually they'll ask you about it, right? Maybe that's that's the way it's going to happen. I don't know. Each situation is different. Each person is different. And the spirit's going to prompt you to do what they need. Okay. Um, number 69. And in order that all things be prepared before you, observe the commandment which I have given concerning these things. Which saith or teacheth to purchase all the lands with money which can be purchased for money in the region round about the land, which I have appointed to be the land of Zion for the beginning of the gathering of my saints. All the land which can be purchased in Jackson County and, this, and the counties round about and leave the residue in mine hand. Now, barely I say unto you, let all the churches gather together all their monies. Let these things be done in their time, but not in haste. 
and observe to have all things prepared before you. <sighs> Why does he keep telling us not in haste? You know, I wonder if we just try and do things too quickly, right? Because we're so impatient. And let honorable men be appointed, even wise men, and send them to purchase these lands. And the churches in the eastern countries, when they are built up, if they will hearken unto this council, they may buy lands and gather together upon them. And in this way, they may establish Zion. Number 75. There is even now already in store sufficient. Um, oops, hold on. Laura's moving my page. Okay, 75 for real. There is even now already in store sufficient, yea, even an abundance to redeem Zion and establish her waste places. No more to be thrown down where the churches who call themselves after my name, willing to hearken to my voice. And again, I say unto you, those who have been scattered by their enemies, it is my will that they should continue to importune for redress and redemption by the hands of those who are placed as rulers and are in authority over you. According to the laws and constitution of the people, which I have suffered to be established and should be maintained for the rights and protection of all flesh, according to just and holy principles. So this is where the Lord tells us about the constitution and how it's awesome and how he was the one that established it. 78, that every man may act in doctrine and principle pertaining to fruit futurity according to the moral agency which I have given unto him, that every man may be accountable for his own sins in the day of judgment. So yeah, don't worry about your brother's sins. I mean, worry about your brother, but don't worry about your brother. You know what I mean? <laughs> Therefore, it is not right that any man should be in bondage one to another. Oh, no slavery. And for this purpose have I established the constitution of this land. By the hands... Oh, are you okay, Mace? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. She bonked her head after she was leaning over my leg. Okay, we're back. Number 80. And for this purpose have I established the constitution of this land by the hands of wise men whom I raised up unto this very purpose and redeemed the land by the shedding of blood. Now unto what shall I liken the children of Zion? I will liken them unto the parable of the woman and the unjust judge. For men ought always to pray and not to faint, which saith, there was a city, a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Thus will I liken the children of Zion. Let them importune at the feet of the judge. And if he heed them not, let them opportune at the feet of the governor. And if the governor heed them not, let them opportune at the feet of the president. And if the president heed them not, then will the Lord arise and come forth out of his hiding place and in his fury vex the nation. Oh, sorry. And in his fury vex the nation. And sorry, I was laughing because it made me think of Varvatos Vex from the Three Below series. Anyway, and it and from the troll hunters anyways though and in his hot displeasure and in his fierce anger and his 
time will cut off those wicked, unfaithful, and unjust stewards and appoint them their portion among hypocrites and unbelievers, even in outer darkness where there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Pray ye therefore that their ears may be opened unto your cries, that I may be merciful unto them that these things may not come upon them. What I have said unto you must needs be that all men may be left without excuse, that wise men and rulers may hear and know that which they have never considered. Ooh, wise men and rulers may hear and know that which they have never considered. Sometimes we need ideas from different people and different experiences. And sometimes we think we're too wise. And so I think it's great to consider, to think about things and that other people have experienced and that they know that they want to share with us um, because then we can consider it and maybe it'll help us, right? That I may proceed to bring to pass my act, my strange act, and perform my work, my strange work, that men may discern between the righteous and the wicked, saith your God. Sometimes the things that the Lord wants us to do are pretty strange, right? And sometimes... It's going to be hard, and sometimes it's going to be um, something that people might make fun of us for. But he wants to bring to pass um, his strange act, which I think he's also referring, probably mostly referring to the temple, um, because he's been wanting to have the people become holier. And again, I say unto you, it is contrary to my commandment and my will that my servant Sidney Gilbert should sell my storehouse, which I have appointed unto my people into the hands of mine enemies. Let not that which I have appointed be polluted by my by mine enemies, by the con- consent of those who call themselves after my name. For this is a very sore and grievous sin against me and against my people in consequence of those things which I have decreed and which are soon to befall the nations. Therefore, it is my will that my people should claim and hold claim upon that which I have appointed unto them, though they should not be permitted to dwell thereon. Nevertheless, I do not say they shall not dwell thereon, for inasmuch as they bring forth fruit and works meet for my kingdom, they shall dwell thereon. They shall build and and another shall not inherit it. They shall plant vineyards and they shall eat the fruit thereof. Even so, amen. Okay, a lot of gold, a lot of gold in there. Um, this has been a long one, and thanks for sticking through it. And remember to highlight things that stand out to you, and think about those things that do stand out to you, and how they could apply to your life. Thanks for showing up. I love you. Until next time.